0: You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
1: It's Tuesday evening, the 3rd of November. You're very welcome to the Inside Politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Pat Leahy, now Taoiseach Taunashta even. Everybody calls him Taoiseach, but he's the Taunashta. Leo Varadkar has just finished uh, his question and answer session in the Dole on the recent controversy over the leaking of the GP's new contract back in 2019, which controversy has transfixed politics in recent days and which the government is hoping it can now put... Behind them. Well, as I say, the Tonichta has recently finished in the doll to discuss this. I am joined by two of our political staff, Jack Horgan Jones and Jennifer Bray. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Jennifer, you were watching the Dole Exchanges which have just concluded. What did you think of them or will you take us through them first?
2: I'll take you through them. Yeah, no problem. Um so the tarnished Leo Varagher, who once again was referred to as the Taoiseach, um, he's constantly being referred to the Taoiseach by everybody. Like,
1: I'd say he hates that.
2: Oh, I'd say he does. I mean, you know, anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, so he, he gave a, a defence of his leaking of this GP deal to the NAGP. And we know a lot of the backstory. So he took to his feet in the doll and, and and talked about I suppose he started off talking about the place of GPS in the community, about his own background uh, in health, about how the government had decided to deal with the IMO He referenced very early on that there was a bitter rivalry between the IMO and between the NAGP um, and that the aim of his sending this document to the former president of the NAGP was designed to keep them Engaged, involved, and informed. So he gave us a little bit of the of the background in in relation to it. He talked about how when he became Taoiseach, he made it clear that he had what he called, and I'm sure you remember this, unfinished business in the Department of Health. And he said he wanted to use his influence uh, in in as his in his role as as Taoiseach to secure a new deal, a new GP uh, deal. In relation to this, he talked about the backing he had from his colleagues at the time Pascal Donoghue, Simon Harris and the funding that he he hoped to to secure so having gone through I suppose some of the some of the context behind it he talked then uh, a little bit about how at the time when the deal was being finalized a lot of the opposition tds and deputies in the chamber would have been critical of the fact that the deal had not been published and the deal maybe had not been shared and he said that it was pointed out at the time that actually this presented somewhat of an unfair uh, disadvantage to other gps who hadn't seen it so that was kind of him defending uh, once again his his sending it on to the nagp so he talked then a little bit about the circumstances surrounding why he gave this document to Matthew O'Toole. He said it was provided on a confidential basis. Publication had been imminent and that that this was going to be supplied to the NAGP and but the crucial part of what he was saying was that it did not confer any advantage to the NAGP. That that was the point that he was very keen to point out. He said, And this
1: distancing, uh Jen, sorry, I I I thought this was you know, one of the centerpieces of his contribution uh, was this repeated and actually, you know, quite edgy distancing of himself from Dr. Matthew O'Toole.
2: Exactly. Yeah, he did talk a bit about how uh, to paraphrase him, sometimes people who say they're very close to you, who maybe talk up their influence or talk up their access to you, maybe it isn't always so, that there are friends and then there are friends. I think the uh, what he's saying there is that there are friends who say to other people that there are, but then there are actual close friends who who probably do have uh, uh, more access. Uh, so he was kind of, I suppose, distancing himself um In in that way, from from Matthew O'Toole, I think he was very keen to point out as well from his perspective that it had been alleged over the last couple of days, uh, as he's put it, that there was something improper or something indeed criminal about what had happened. But that, he says, was absolutely not the case. He said that some of the opposition had said that... uh, basically the former head of the NAGP had been a Varadkar cheerleader and he said that that wasn't the case when the NAGP had said that, uh, basically criticised Fine Gael's record uh, specifically in relation in to how uh, to health. So he was pointing out that, how could it be the case that this person is a cheerleader for him or for finnegal when they're out protesting outside the doll, saying the exact opposite and, and, and saying, criticising their, their records. Now, Varadkar did... Despite defending himself and distancing himself from Matthew O'Toole, say that he recognized that the the way in which he provided this information perhaps was a little bit too informal. He said he probably should have brought them in around the table and talked them through the document, even if it was something that was done on a page-by-page basis. And he also regretted the fact that it caused so much controversy and And I suppose the fact that many of his colleagues have had to go out and bat for him over the last couple of days when over over an issue which really, I suppose, everybody wish, wishes had never had happened.
1: He was determined to, seemed to me, looking in to strike a, a note of of humility that requires a certain effort from him, uh, uh, I think. I was also struck by the, uh, it was a different approach that many of the opposition TDs um, adopted rather than ask him, you know, a whole string of questions wrapped up in a speech and thus allowing him to answer the ones he wanted and discard the ones that he didn't. And um, many of them, uh, sought to kind of interrogate him in a more forensic way. There was a, a number of bad senior council impressions, uh, on, on, on the part of, uh, several TDs. But actually some of them did quite get at him, I thought, and did make him quite uncomfortable, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in parts. I'm thinking particularly of Pierce Doherty, uh, on his relationship with uh, Dr O'Toole and Paul Murphy, um, on on much the same subject.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I, I think that the. Tactics deployed by the opposition had varying success this evening, so we 've seen less of the usual <clears throat> less of the usual speechifying, more of the for maybe direct questions you know not, not wasting any time, not much preamble just did you do x, did you do y, et etc et etc, and getting straight to it, which as a journalist, I welcome because i 'm always keen to just hear an answer to a question as opposed to a politician 's long long ramble but i don 't think it worked for everybody i don 't think that everybody 's Contribution perhaps went in the same way, but I do agree that I think that the strongest questioning came from Pearse Doherty and Sinn Féin, particularly when he talked about the fact that the NAGP had said they were in extensive consultation with the Department of Health and with other stakeholders and with with the government, and he said there was no record of any such meetings. And we've been trying to get to the bottom of it here in, uh, in in the Irish Times, a few of my colleagues and myself. and And I thought he was quite good on that. I thought he was very clear, and it was it was very easily understandable. Other opposition. Heads, perhaps not so much. I wasn't quite sure where Aeon or Reardon was going with uh, some of his some of his questions and if you ask me to summarise his point now I wouldn't actually be able to. Um, but uh, notwithstanding that, I think. I think
1: his point was that he could be could have been a senior counsel if he wanted. Was
2: that. Well, I missed that. But I suppose just to go back to another point you. Uh, or
1: maybe an extra in Ali McBeal. Or
2: maybe. <laughs> he'll Younger listeners can look that up. <laughs> I actually do remember Ali McBeal. Um, but the one thing I would say then about the Sinn Fein. Uh, the opposition is they were at pains to use the word friend. I think they used the word friend around 15 times. I was counting and then I lost track. So they said, you gave this document to your friend. So I think that they got across the point that they wanted to. They didn't even necessarily have to get any gotcha questions. The point they made was quite obvious, you gave this to your friend. Um, And, you know, in relation to the other point you made about Leo Varadkar perhaps trying to portray a little bit of humility, a little bit of um, you know, being apologetic for what happened. He did say that he has been guilty of errors of judgment in his time as a politician. I think there was a bit of sniggering at that. Uh, he said, obviously, that he was sorry. He said that while he has been guilty of errors of judgment over his career as a politician, he's never been motivated by anything that could be construed as corruption or anything negative in, in, in that in that regard, that it was an error of judgment, uh, but it was motivated by the best reasons. So, you know, for him, I think it was a, a strong enough defense. I, I think he'd probably have done enough uh, at the moment to maybe get through this. Um but it has I think weakened him a little bit and it has portrayed him in a light as being you know, this hashtag Leo the leak stuff that sticks, you know, it does stick. Um it is a
1: bit sticky. Jack, he um a lot a lot of the questioning from uh TDs in the earlier part of it at at least referenced um uh, text messages and WhatsApp messages and screen grabs of of them that have been uh, that have been released, kind of almost as the debate was going on, or maybe a little bit before it. You've been looking at those and you've written up a report, um, which is online now. But bring us up to speed on them if you can.
0: So uh, the people would be familiar that this story emerged uh, through Village Magazine over the weekend, and uh, obviously a lot of the reporting that they had was based on um, on text messages either sent by the then Taoiseach or about the then Taoiseach, and, and since that uh, report came out, they've kind of been heavily trailing this suggestion or this idea that, you know, there there was more to come um and we saw uh during the course of the debate and indeed many of us have been circulated now at this stage um a a pdf of further screen grabs um of the same kind of thing really um there there's some screenshots uh taken from what appears to be Leo Radker's uh mobile there's other screenshots which are more kind of characterizations of um Matthew O'Toole's relationship with uh, the then t now Tauniste, by Matthew O'Toole. Uh, and then there's some other uh, some other Twitter direct messages between Matthew O'Toole and Simon Harris, the the then uh, Minister for Health, in which Matthew O'Toole is is seeking access effectively to the document which he ultimately gleaned from um from Leo Varadkar the the question obviously is you know do do these uh, new exchanges add massively to the sum total of human knowledge about the interaction uh, i i would say on balance probably not um there are some 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 rather you know i w- I would hesitate to say damaging, but certainly not positive characterizations of the relationship between Matthew O'Toole and Leo Riker. But I I hasten that again. These are by Matthew O'Toole where he suggests that, you know, Leo is constantly pulling strings for me and stuff like that, which because it's not really a characterization that brings it too close to the the front door of Leo Riker, it's not something that was said by or to him. He was able to kind of dance around that quite nimbly in the doll tonight and say, look, I I can, I'm here to account for my own actions I'm here and and I can't I can't speak to what other people have said about me and he appealed to to his fellow deputies in the house and said I'm sure people have effectively invoked your name in vain as a friend before and that's more or less what happened to me here and um, the, the the direct messages the direct messages to Simon Harris again you know do they reveal any any wrongdoing or anything improper on behalf of the Minister for Health no they don't really because he seems to be been asked for a document he seems to have politely, effectively said no. And again, while later on in the screen grabs, there's a, there's a suggestion that Matthew O'Toole is currently meeting with Simon Harris for lunch in Wicklow. Simon Harris was very quick, first in the form of a statement and then latterly this evening in the doll to say that this never happened, you know, so... Um, yeah, he, he stood up in the doll after the questions to Varadkar
1: were completed and he said, you know, for the record, he said, I I I haven't I never had lunch with uh with Dr O'Toole which is in conflict with what Dr O'Toole is is claiming in his messages to somebody else that have now come into the public domain and i it i i suppose it 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 is in it supports the idea that Leo Varadkar was trying to convey, it seems to me, in the doll this evening, which is that he was not as close to Dr O'Toole as Dr O'Toole was suggesting to uh, to other people. I mean, he has has he thrown him under a bus? Is that putting it too strongly? He certainly distanced himself very dramatically from him and pointed out that politicians were well used to people exaggerating their relationships with
0: them. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, as as Jen correctly pointed out, there were a lot of people rushing to uh, to describe Matthew O'Toole as a friend of Leo I, I'm not sure that Leo Varadkar would still describe him as a friend if he ever did after what has transpired over the last few days. Um, and well, he said he's a friend, but not a close friend. He's a fellow you see once or twice a year. Exactly, yeah. Um, look, I, I think this kind of goes to to the core of, um, of, of, of some parts of the story and kind of how the Taunashta has not managed to escape without, without a mark on him, but has managed to substantially survive this story, which is that when you get away from the core allegation here, which has been proven to be true, and it has been problematic and damaging for him, which is that he leaked a document. a lot of the extraneous stuff, a lot of the padding, a lot of how it was presented originally in Village, that he had broken the law, for example, a lot of you know the fact that you know a lot of the color relied on other people's characterizations of their relationship with him. you know, ultimately, he's been able to say, "I'm not accountable for that, or that's not true or it's false or it's defamatory," which has given him this kind of arsenal of language and excuses to deploy around the topic. Meanwhile, acknowledging that the central accusation was true, so he's been able to kind of, I think, limit the damage to a large degree by the way it's played out, and the timing of this plays into it as well. I think this was always a, a kind of a, a case of where he had to kind of get from Saturday to today without anything significant new emerging, and if he was able to get into Wednesday eve or Tuesday evening, as it as it is now, and um, get through the doll, which I think he largely has the political agenda inevitably moves on and there's a massive political event coming down the tracks it's not in ireland but it is a u.s election and that's going to eat up a huge amount of um of bandwidth it sounds
1: like the excitement is already growing in your household there about uh the events later this evening uh jack um uh, She's a huge I, I, trump I, fan <laughs> <laughs> i've 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 thought since the weekend that um unless there was material benefit to dr tuller's organization could be demonstrated unless there was, unless there was clear evidence of law breaking unless leo veradker was caught um or was demonstrated to be telling untruths uh to either the public or to his colleagues in government about this that what was there while damaging wasn't sufficient to destroy him I, if if i'm right about that then this evening leaves him Damaged but intact.
0: Yeah, I, I think that um, that he is he is certainly damaged in a, in a narrow sense. I think that his um, his his authority within his own party will be damaged. His capacity to have moral authority the next time someone steps out of line, like Dara Murphy. Or you know the Maria Bailey incident. I think that he will certainly uh, have to mind his p's and q's around Fianna Fall. and um, and I think that the opposition are going to use this as as a as a mallet to beat him over the head with repeatedly. And and it will stick with people who already had this kind of sense of of Leo the Leak, you know. And um, beyond that, I'm not sure it's a story that has massively cut through. You know, someone said to me today that this is a politi- This is a, a story that politicians and journalists care about, and, and and nobody else really. And I think that that might well be true. Jen.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that, to be honest with you. I think it's kind of, I think, galling to see a lot of the politicians pointing at each other, demanding to know, have you ever leaked anything? Have you ever leaked anything? And then kind of, well, I haven't leaked that much. Everybody leaks politicians leak all the time to journalists but why are they leaking they're leaking information so that it gets to the public like that's the point here they're not telling you or me or jack something so that you me or jack will have this you know amazing nugget of information most of the time it's in order for us to do our jobs as journalists and you know get information out there that otherwise would not we would not be able to And so much of the conversation has gotten caught up on the uh, merits or lack of merits around leaking. Now, I know this was a different type of leak altogether. It's not to a journalist, it was to a representative body, and I fully accept that. But it's just a bit, you know, hearing people standing up in the doll demanding to know what they've leaked, when they've leaked it, why or whatever, you know, everybody knows this is what happens. And uh, I think we should all be adult enough to, to accept that now. Um, I would think that provided... And this is the case anytime there is a controversy of any hue and it looks like you're getting to the final point of it. It's always the case that when you think that someone's safe, it's always on the condition that there's nothing else coming out the next day. And this is true here. I think probably I would imagine that it will blow over, I think he has been helped by the fact that the US elections are tonight and everybody is gearing up for this and getting their plans ready for tonight. And it's going to be all about Trump tomorrow. Uh, I think that has helped him, to be honest.
1: Well, we'll see what the night will bring elsewhere. And while we're on the subject, uh, there is a special podcast going out at God knows what time in the morning to discuss results, the emerging results. Let's hope we have a result at that stage of the American presidential election. So until then, have a very good evening.